You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Career Coach Podcast. I am your host, Sharisha, and as always, I am joined by a special guest. But before we get into all of that, if you're a regular listener or you're new to this podcast, I have a segment called Ask the Coach where you can send in your career related questions and I'll be answering them alongside industry experts. So you can jump on the Anchor app or go over to my Instagram at ITCC Podcast and record your message there. So guys, today we're going to be talking about podcasts actually. I would like to introduce to today's show, Amani. <laughs> Hi, hi, hi. Yes, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, just another hectic day, obviously, as we caught up before this started, but that is the life of a creative, I'm afraid. Yes, but we're here now, we're here now. So could you introduce yourself and um, what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually the assistant producer for Spotify UK. I work on two Spotify originals, um, Max and Harvey podcast, and also Who We Be Talks. So can you just like tell me, how did you get into this field? Or how did this all come about? Sure. So um, I went to university between 2014 to 2017. I studied sociology and social policy. And I just did like a social, yeah, a social science, basically. Mm-hmm. But I was always passionate about working in the music industry. And I knew that I'd do it either through like journalism, broadcasting or along that field. Um, and when I was at uni, I was actually writing for the student magazine at the time. Um, and I really wanted radio experience, but I was always a bit put off because I was just like, I have no knowledge going in. Like it just felt really intimidating. And I was also trying to balance being like a student working, mm-hmm. passing my degree. Like there were so many things to take into consideration. So I'm in South London, hence the slide. But yeah, I, I was trying to struggle so much. And then I said to myself, okay, when I get out, I'm going to just make sure I put myself out there, do as much work experience as possible. Whilst I was in my third or second year, like, you know, you have the six, the, well, it's a bit longer than six weeks when you're in uni, but you have a summer break. Mm-hmm. I um, had a contact that worked for the BBC and she managed to get me some work experience in a building for BBC World Service. And I knew, I knew that that wasn't directly what I wanted to do, but I just thought it's something that most of the time, once you have a foot in the door, then you can kind of maneuver around different um, departments. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then when I finished that experience, I said, okay, let me start looking for some youth-led radio stations. And I came across cross represent because okay. a friend sent it to me and then I was working at represent for like three years almost four actually um after graduation I started off as a broadcast assistant I got placed or asked to work on um Henry who presents who we be to talk I got placed on her show she mm-hmm. asked me to help out and we had like great chemistry and um yeah we we worked together up until obviously she got the opportunity to work for Spotify and then when she did work for Spotify they said they were looking for an assistant producer does she know anyone that would be good for the role and she actually put me forward and then I had like a formal interview with Great which are the production team that create content for Spotify mm-hmm. and I had to like present to them like what how I basically run the show and pitch topic ideas and interview questions for guests how I'd also sort guests and yeah the rest is history wow. and then once I once I started working for them it's coming up to our year anniversary actually and we'll be starting season four soon mm-hmm. but midway through that they actually said that they have another um podcast that they're going to be doing which was like targeted at gen z 
um, that's Max and Harvey on, and they said that they think I'd be well suited to it. So I started basically working on two simultaneously. And yeah, that brings us to where we are now. Wow. So we'll come into the two podcasts a bit later and even the process that you just spoke on about the interviews. I think that'd be really useful for someone else and how they can prepare. But like when you was growing up then, like, did you always know that you wanted to be in this space? Yeah, for sure. Um, even my family, like, you know, your parents tell you things like that they see you doing um, mm. as a child, even kind of envisioned like me working in some form of broadcast because they call me like Madam Speaker. Okay. Because like when it came to like family gossip or anything, I was always your go-to person, like, even as a child. Mm. So they were like, yeah, this girl, she's going to do something along those lines. And it's funny because like, even before you probably know what you're destined to do, like adults can kind of recognize it in you prior. Mm. So, yeah, they, they always envisioned it for me. And to be honest, my dad had a lot of um, music experience himself. So my dad was a music journalist before I was born. And then when he had like a family, he thought he needs to like do something a bit more secure because the nature of that industry can be like based on freelance work. So, yeah, he, he was the one who kind of set the way for me. And it was great because he always encouraged me to like mingle among contacts he had and be in the right spaces and just like attend networking events. And all those mm-hmm. things are so valuable in kind of finding your feet and knowing if it's for you as well because you kind of have to be unafraid to approach people and you know these are all the skills that you'll need eventually to do the career and like even when you talk about like growing up then so let's talk about representation especially for like black women across like so many industries now we're seeing the importance of showcasing what we're doing and how we're taking up spaces and we're doing amazing things and I saw on your IG you took part in the campaign um we working and what was that about Mm -hmm. and why are campaigns like that important to you so um, I actually got suggested by Kamali, who is um, an A&R for Parlophone record yeah. labels, to do that. And the founder is like a really established videographer and just like a great person. Like, um, his name is Cordell. Mm-hmm. And he said that the reason why that campaign was um, important to him is because there's so many stereotypes in like all kind of industries, not even just the music industry, that black women face on a daily basis and he wanted us to kind of dismantle that and channel that with a photo shoot dedicated towards it when we did that like I thought this is perfect because like even entering a space which sadly is like really white male middle class dominated Mm -hmm. it is important for you to kind of like I always said to myself that it's um there's never any room for like mistakes in a lot of these industries and that I I stand by that today like out of every other kind of group in society I do think black women in particular you kind of have to make sure that you're always on top of your game and Mm -hmm. yeah that campaign to me I just thought it was so special and it was during Women's International Month as well or Women's International Day and um, yeah I've done stuff in the past for Women's International Day because I do think that yeah, it's great to celebrate. But one thing that Cordell's campaign in particular pointed out to me was that it shouldn't just be a day, but it should also be celebrated across a longer period. And he did it for like a month and he posted different pictures of us um, every day to just remind people that it shouldn't be like a novelty. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you even feel then within your space, like being a black woman? And obviously you mentioned that um, Henry got you, you, you know, introduced you to get your interview for the podcast and stuff like that. But did, do you feel like, but now that you're in that space, do you see more people that look like us there or do you think it's still there's still work to be done? Oh, there's always going to be work to be done. I think just because of the way the world's set up, like, mm. you know, thankfully I had a contact who could recommend me and kind of vouch for me that I'm able to do 
a good job. But I think for a lot of girls coming up who are black or any ethnic minority, but particularly black women, I'm afraid, they, they don't always have those role models and they don't always have those spaces or even the contact to get the experience in the first place. Like one thing that even when I got out of uni, I struggled with is so many places would say, oh, but what work experience do you have? But it's like, well, how am I going to get the work experience if no one's prepared to kind of give me that uh, hand? And like, you know, we know that other other groups in society, they might have like an uncle or an aunt or a parent who is in a high place in society who can kind of help them out. But we don't always have to have that. We have to actually like, work 10 times harder and that's kind of instilled in us from child like childhood yeah definitely and like especially now like you're working obviously with spotify and it's a big name we all know it and stuff like that and you're obviously doing the original podcast um so like before all of that though like let's talk through your work history because i know you've done other things you've worked with the bbc like you said and you've worked with represent but was there any other jobs that you did as well before spotify oh yeah Absolutely. Like no one wakes up one day and they're working for like one of the biggest broadcasting streaming services in the world. Like I worked in a pub for a lot of my life, in hospitality to be honest. Like Mm. I was still doing that whilst at Represent because um, Represent is actually a social enterprise. So it's kind of supported by funding from the government or private companies. So my duration there was unpaid, but I knew I loved it and I was happy. That was like my one thing I looked forward to in the week doing. But before, whilst I was there, I was working at a pub in Stratford in Westfield. I worked there all throughout my uni time as well because mm-hmm. I just didn't get a big enough loan to um, stay in uni. Like I went to uni in Nottingham and as much as my family helped me and stuff, like I still did need to work yeah. to actually survive. So I did obviously a lot of hospitality. I've been working since I was 16, to be honest. So I think I've always had that ethic in me. Mm-hmm. I had a Saturday job as like a hairdresser assistant. Every Saturday I'd go, that would be my day. And people were like, oh my God, how are you giving up like your Saturdays to work? And I feel like it's just kind of always been in me that like, if I want nice things, I know I have to kind of work for it. And um, I think that's probably made me who I am today in the sense that like, so even being a creative, I don't work traditional hours like nine to five. I can work late, I can work early. It's, it's meant that like I've already kind of known what it's like to compromise for something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have freelanced for Sky. So up until this year, actually, I was a freelancer at Sky. And that was really, really integral in kind of making me who I am and making me good at my role now for Spotify because at Sky, like, I was working with live news, which, you know, as you know, is probably the most, like, you have to be really thick-skinned. Like, Mm. you have to kind of be prepared for sudden changes because you can be on location and there's breaking news that comes in and I think it will really test your character and if you're like a strong person and also just like newsrooms in general like they're very very competitive places that you have to kind of keep continuously proving why you are more deserving of a role because there's always going to be thousands of applicants out there mm-hmm. who want to be in your position and then being black and or, or even from a working class background to add to that just kind of re- reiterates more why you know there's few places but you need to be holding one of them Mm. and like how did that role come about then sky so with sky i okay so there's just like so many different routes and this is the thing about me in the sense that like i just thank god because i feel like i've always been at the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. 
with Sky, that was because I was at Represent Monday. Harry and Meghan were visiting the radio station because it was supported by the Royal Foundation at the time. Okay. But I think they funded some, like a scheme or something. So they were visiting. And while they were there, there was so much press, obviously, because it was like their first public appearance as a couple, or one of them anyway. And while they came, I think ITV were there. And I basically said that, like, yeah, I really want to get, like, as much work experience as possible, blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah, like, obviously come in, like, talk to us. So I went to, like, an open day and I'd met Ronka Phillips. And she was like, yeah, come to this. Like, I know that they're looking for freelance, blah, blah, blah. And then when I told them that I'd had that kind of experience of meeting Harry and Meghan, they were like, well, we're going to actually be doing a live show on the Royal Wedding. Oh, wow. So would you like to help research for that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, absolutely. Like, this was, it started off as something that they said it could be, like, maybe a couple of weeks. But then they were like, no, you've done really well. Like, you can actually come and be a runner like on site on the day of the wedding so mm-hmm. I got to go to Windsor and that was just like that's honestly in one of my like top five life experiences like nothing will ever beat that because yeah like firstly it was the first time a black member had married into the royal family like yeah. our venue wedding I think I'd ever want to go to that was, <laughs> that the, was one. the one yeah 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 <laughs> so like it was better than some family ones I've been so because it was just like this is history like yeah. nothing this is this is the first time that this ever happened and like Megan was like really lovely when we met her and stuff so it, it just felt like surreal yeah, yeah um and from that experience alone like I'd um I'd been doing like occasional writing for Link Up TV mm-hmm. and there was a guy there called Andre Montgomery who was running for Sky and he was I was like oh how did you get your opportunity at Sky and he was like oh I'll give you my manager's email like drop her an email and say that you were at the wedding as well because you can never with a freelance like you have to kind of be making sure that you're in different newsrooms and just really pushing yourself out there because nothing's ever really certain with freelance work you're not guaranteed anything so I hit up his manager she was like we're not looking for anyone at the moment but come back to me in a few months I did that and then she actually said to me we're still looking for something um let's meet for a coffee and you know a coffee is always like an actual interview yeah, yeah, yeah. so we went for a coffee and she was like yeah like sure like um let's see how you do on like a trial basis so i was doing some shifts for sky and then yeah they kept me on and i was basically at sky for a two-year contract and um i recently finished that in march late march but it was it was so great it taught me so much and the things i've covered like donald trump visiting the uk like there's been some proper historical moments yeah that um i i was fortunate enough to cover with them as well how do you find the confidence then to be in these places especially when you're saying that you know you're going in there and you're not often seeing people that look like you or or the fact that you're just new to these environments full stop like you've never been in these places before like what's the thought process is going on well I don't know if this plays a big part but I did study drama in school okay so I feel like I've always been like a really confident person everyone can be insecure don't get me wrong or like lack confidence but I'm confident in areas where I don't know, like, it's almost like you fake it till you make it. Mm. So I did drama for GCSE and A-level. So that's, like, a long period of my childhood where I was constantly being told, like, or kind of, like, trained to own the space you're in. Mm -hmm. And it just gave me really good personal skills. Like, I'd recommend it to anyone that feels like they could do with, like, reassurance or confidence building because, yeah, those activities alone, like, once you can kind of convince someone that you're confident, then they won't always notice that you're not. Yeah. And also, I just think... Even if you are like 
probably one of the only people that look like you in these rooms, then just make sure you're always on top of your game. Make sure there's never a reason for them to kind of doubt why you're here. And that's one thing that I got really good at is like, okay, if I know I'm going to need to know something, can I find it out on my own without kind of asking anyone first? And I remember when I first got my role even with Spotify, one of the things that I was told that I could like do is improving on is using my initiative. And it's crazy because I always thought, oh, but like, you know, I don't want to get something wrong. Like, so let me just find out and ask whoever I can to give me the answers. Mm. But I think one thing that you kind of need to be able to do in life is show that you're independent and you're not reliant on anyone. Yeah. And then you kind of, yeah, you cement your value in whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's some good advice there because I know even for myself, when I'm coaching mm-hmm. clients, I incorporate the whole like, you know, role play, especially with like interview techniques because it's like you're mirroring the real event that's going to come come up later and you feel a bit more comfortable when you're in that space. And especially when you say about also always putting your best foot forward, like spirit of excellency, I feel like for us, we just, we always have to come a bit harder because that judgment is already there anyway, even before mm-hmm. we probably like open our mouths that like, people are already judging us. So definitely, Definitely some amazing tips there. But so like you obviously mentioned earlier that you are um, working on two Spotify original podcasts. Could you just um, talk a little bit about what they are and what they're about? Yeah, sure. The first one, Who We Be Talks, that's obviously the one I got involved with initially. Mm -hmm. That is the officially number one music podcast um, Ooh, well in done. the UK at the moment thank you I'm really proud of that because when we took it on it wasn't obviously and yeah it's just really grown as a podcast I feel like it's like re- reputable in the country now and mm-hmm. it's just getting better and better the guests we get and the more people I know like will know of it like even my dad was like he was telling a client do and his daughter was like yeah she listens to who we be and I was like oh that's great like I do want it to be like a household listen so, yeah 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 that's basically where we get like maybe it's the hottest artist influencers youtubers just people that are culturally relevant to like the black community among like 18 to 35 or 18 to 25 Mm -hmm. um, year olds we have them on and we'll talk about topics that like we see on twitter or in the culture and yeah like it's not like an interview format it's more of a conversation yeah yeah and it's um obviously hosted by harry panera and henry yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've listened to that podcast a few times. I've, I've got a lot of amazing interviews there and very good podcast. And you also mentioned the other podcast that you also on as well at the moment. So Max and Harvey podcast, that was called uh, School Days when we actually took it on initially. And that was centered on like nostalgia. So like all the things you kind of remember about your school days. Mm-hmm. But then it went for some rebranding when Max and Harvey turned 18. And the content now is basically like the life of Max and Harvey. And it's like, it's all the people that they kind of know or who are in the TikTok world, like the biggest TikTok influencers. They'll come on the show and just like have a conversation as well with Max and Harvey about like what is black to kind of blow up as a team and have such a huge like social media following and stuff and it's been it's been great yeah that must be really interesting actually i need to go and have a look at that and obviously you're in the podcasting space so like what is your like everyday role like like what do you get up to so it varies covid changed a lot of it i think because if we wasn't in a pandemic i'd probably be like based in like an office maybe a bit more okay well between an office and a studio Mm -hmm. but um i work from home a lot of the time so obviously I'll have Monday, which is like a full day of recording and we'll record who we be and then it will come out the following day at midnight. Okay. So it's like a really tight turn between me and the producer. Wow. And also the videographer, yeah, and editor. So we're kind of all hands on deck on a Monday. So it's the worst day to get hold so of me. So no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's sleep, but it's just more that we'll like uh, kind of sacrifice maybe our evenings and stuff. But it's okay. worth it because the, the, the nature of the podcast wouldn't work, I think, if it came out any 
later than less than 24 hours yeah because the topics we cover are like basically what's popping on the timeline mm. during that week or the around that, that day, those days so any longer i think it would be like old news okay yeah that makes um, sense and then during the week, obviously, I'll do like admin tasks, so everything that we've recorded or all the topics we've done, I'll kind of store it away for us and keep a copy on, you know, our drives and Spotify's drive. And yeah, I can do like boring stuff as well, or not boring, but less exciting. I think people just think that like when you're working in podcasts, like it's all the glitz and the glam of meeting all these people. But I'll do like really like, um, yeah, admin based roles as well. I'll do like the PRS. So we have like a jingle which gets played at the start of the podcast and I'll be the one to kind of get all the time codes and PRS details so that the artist who's someone play gets paid. I'll also do like the episode cover. So one thing that I've really gained um, experience in since having this role is Photoshop skills. So I can use Photoshop. I couldn't do that prior to this role. So I'll help create the episode cover, all of the assets, the branding. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Um, I've also started to learn how to do some audio editing as well because eventually like if I did want to step up to produce one day full time then learning how to edit the whole episode would be a massive skill and I'm trying to get to that level that's that's one of my goals and has there been any guests so far that you're like oh my gosh I can't believe like you know I'm part of this kind of interview yeah like I, I feel like I have that feeling a lot but because we get through so many you kind of forget that you've done all that yeah but like even when I look back through the last 52 weeks we're coming up to our 52nd episode we've had like the likes of Coffee who's like an international Jamaican artist mm-hmm. she's incredible we've had her on the show quite early into it we've had Sweetie who's like someone I listen to every day like an American artist yeah obviously that w- wasn't able to be in real life because of COVID but I feel like if she was in the studio, that would have definitely been like a pinch me moment. Yeah, yeah. We've had, um, oh my gosh, my brain, but to try and remember Cranium, um, can't even remember everyone. We've had a lot of people. I think yeah. maybe the international ones are the ones that hit hardest. Okay, Brent Fires. Okay, yeah, because yeah. Because I know that they're like, people who aren't always like doing a many um you know british interviews when you get them you do feel like a level of gratitude that they said yes to this yeah. of everything yeah that's amazing do you, so when they do come to the studio then do you get like pictures with them or you're you just like try and play it cool well before covid i probably could have but now it's a bit harder because you like have to be socially distant yeah. and it's just like more work than it's actually probably needed but i'll get like i guess behind the scenes stuff of them and i know that that's personal to me that i've seen them so yeah 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 definitely. So what kind of tips then can you give for the budding podcasters out there and anybody that maybe wants to even get into your space? I just think, um, obviously, never be afraid to reach out to people because, like, even this, for example, this podcast wouldn't have happened if you didn't make them the first move to yeah. kind of, like, email me and stuff. The worst anyone can ever say to you is no. Yeah. Like, I think some people, like, kind of imagine that people are going to be, like, really horrible or, like, dismissive and... I feel like because everyone kind of relates to remembering what it was like when they was first trying to find their feet, they'll always be nice. If anyone is ever dismissive, then it's probably for the best and they wasn't like a great person to reach out to in the first place. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, like people do remember what it was like when they were first trying to get an opportunity and they will like, you know, help you out if they can do yeah um and also like i know it's a bit harder with covid but attend as many like networking events and media events like i used to always look on eventbrite at things that were happening in the creative scene to 
you know, meet people who will do like panel talks and give advice. And I think those are the best places sometimes. Because sometimes you don't know where to look like online. But Eventbrite, where else? Social Fix, which is Mercedes Benson's like networking hub. Okay. Um, are, are, are like really valuable. Her networking hub is really valuable to people who are trying to like, you know, find the experience. And she always puts up, like there's a Facebook page, there's a Twitter page, there's a website. There's so many options of like, spaces where you can get paid experiences well not just free because i think in this industry you always kind of think that initially you have to do loads of unpaid work and that's not always the case and what would you even say then makes a good podcast like as you work on a podcast like what would you say to people that are like you know like myself and that are are podcasters and you want to make your podcast like stand out in the crowd because it's obviously a very busy market now like once upon a time podcast in the uk wasn't a big thing but now it's like everyone has a podcast yeah i think make it unique make it like the fact that you said everyone has one if you feel like that's the case make your stand out as one that's like you know unique and know that the content in it will be what makes people kind of gravitate towards yours and cling to yours i think also make sure it's current so most of the podcasts now because there's so much out there you want to make sure that like if you are covering stuff that um is related to the culture like who be for example even max and harvey try and make sure that like once it's recorded it doesn't come out too long afterwards but then also timeless because in that sense as well you want to make sure that people can come back to an episode and still find it relevant maybe five months later so it's about finding what your niche niche is and maybe brainstorming some ideas about you know who your target audience is who your target demographic age group race yeah once you've nailed those target audience areas then it will make it easier for you to know exactly like why you're doing it and where you see it going where you want it to kind of be reposted so with us like blog support and stuff is really helpful because those blogs that repost us tend to be the people that we're trying to target anyway yeah yeah and would you say especially like with someone starting off then because you know like funds can be quite difficult for people so like in terms of like Mm -hmm. having a marketing budget and stuff like that for someone that's starting at a small stage what would you advise um i think maybe just try and rally up as many people who are interested in the same things as you so if you can do things like not on your own and you know there's people who are kind of like-minded and also want to go down the same path then create like a, a group of you like a group chat or an um an area or like a safe space where you're like okay this person's going to target um potential clients or potential sponsors this person's going to handle social media this person's going to pitch the topics like if you create like a really good hub then it won't feel like it's dependent on just one person rallying up all these different areas and it, it helps less slip through the gap mm-hmm. because like even with us we've got someone that's dedicated to video i'm obviously dedicated to supporting the produ- this producer with assets uh editing topics it's like just delegate roles i think and try and get as much support as you can especially when you're first kind of starting out because you're not going to always be great at one thing but if you can kind of find people who will have different strengths and abilities then it will create a better end result and so like what would you say then have been some of the challenges that you faced in your career so far and like how did you overcome them I think a lot of people in the creative industry would say this but sometimes i felt like i had imposter syndrome mm. so when I first got the role, I knew that I didn't always have like all the skills. Remember I was saying that like, I learned how to do Photoshop um, later on into the role. But when I first got it and I realized that that was something I was going to need to know, like I did think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get to grips with this? Like it's so hard. I've never really been great at like the whole like tech kind of side of things. But I think just being willing to learn and trying to absorb as much information as you can, not being afraid to also say when you don't understand things or don't get things and need support, like, 
that's one of the biggest things because I think one thing in this industry is once you've got a place you don't want to lose it so you're afraid to kind of admit to getting things wrong or struggling with things and I think it's just about being as transparent and using all your communicational skills to help you become a better and a stronger like candidate wherever you go and take those skills elsewhere as well. Yeah. And you mentioned obviously imposter syndrome, which is a, is a big thing for a lot of us. Um, I think most of us have one place or the other ever felt like that. And obviously in regards to like, I've had this conversation with other guests, we talk about even negotiating your salary then, because if you're in these spaces, like you said, the creative industry, where sometimes people think they need to work for free and stuff like that, what kind of salary range could someone be looking at from like a kind of like junior level up to kind of someone that's more experienced? Um, I feel that really varies because I think one thing that a lot of people do forget in the creative industry is that, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I think so long as you're not kind of like, how do I describe it? As long as you don't feel like you're kind of not fully cut out for a role, but are expecting a lot or don't value yourself and you don't know where to start. I think maybe just also having conversations with people who you might know who are in those roles already mm-hmm. about like where they are, then it's good to kind of get a level and understanding of where to kind of start at and if there's even any scope. I think it's always good to ask what people's budgets are when um, initially getting a role as well, because then you can kind of know where to start from and whether you need to push for more or say that within a few months you'd like to progress to xyz like i think it's just kind of being open to the idea of knowing that okay you might start on a level or a certain salary but once you've kind of got yourself equipped to a level that weren't that you didn't start at then it's easier to kind of ask for more later yeah i think anyway and like obviously you work more behind the scenes of podcasts so would you ever do a podcast yourself and that's an interesting question i did actually consider it when i was in radio a little bit more um but I think coming into one where it's like really, really good, like, well, I like to say so ourselves anyway, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of arm work that goes into it. I think right now it's probably not something I'd probably be able to take on, like even arranging something like this was hard for me. Yeah, yeah. If I had a bit more um, time in my schedule than that, it's, it is something I consider because I do think that there's always um, wisdom that you can impart on people once you've been in a position of like privilege or, you know, where you have skills that not everyone will have. I think there's never anything wrong kind of sharing that and creating those spaces. But right now it just seems like, yeah, I need to just <laughs> get to grips with what I'm actually doing myself, but yeah. never say never. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like on a final note, then what you know now, if you was to give your younger self any advice, what would it be? I think it would just be to like worry less. Like I was so scared in uni that I would come out, not be working in the career like that I am now. And I was like, I know I want to do this. Like I know I want to be in the broadcasting or music industry. Like how do I do it? And at some points, like I'm not even going to lie to you. I did start to look for jobs like just like, okay, just do like HR or do... Uh, like I applied to be a receptionist I applied to do so many roles it's like my uni counterparts they they went into like really like safe corporate roles and they were earning so much and I was just like why am I doing this to myself like maybe it would be safer for me to just stick to like a normal nine to five where I can get this much and I can afford a house by this age mm. like why do I want to do this but I don't think it's good to kind of um to settle not settle because those roles are also very like strong and I feel like if you if that's what you're passionate about then by all means do it but I think when you have like a passion and you know that that's something you enjoy doing then don't give up like just stay determined so yeah so my younger self I would have said worry less because like if it's meant to be God will always find a way 
Definitely. There's some words there. I need to give you some clicks, some clicks. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we expect next from you then? Is there any new projects in the pipeline or anything that you can speak about? There is. <laughs> but I feel like every creative says there is, but you can't really share. Yeah. And that is actually the case right now. But I'd like to think in the next six months, there will be more Black-led produced content that I'll be working on because obviously Spotify is like a massive conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to give back and do more community like black led stuff because I, I do think it's important to show that once you kind of not make it, but you get into these spaces that you can also bring in and do opportunities that, you know, people around you can aspire to and see that, okay, you know, they're here, but they, they're still accessible and they're still around. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. And so if anybody wants to, you know, reach out to you, find out a bit more about what you do, follow your journey, where on the socials can they find you? So I'm on Instagram um, as Marn, so M-A-R-N-F, double X-O. And then I'm on LinkedIn, Amani Dowda, A-M-A-N-I-D-A-U-D-A. And I'm on Twitter, A-M-A-N-I-I-I underscore XO as well. So I should probably have some continuity in all my social media (laughs) handles, but I made them when I was like, 15 some of them and I've just never changed it yeah I'll link everything anyway in the description of the podcast so anybody that wants to check you out they'll be able to find you there so thank you so much for those amazing gems guys I hope you took away some great information there um don't forget if you want to get involved in my ask the coach segment you can find me at it's cc podcast on instagram and guys it's been great so until next time